Hello again, and welcome to the podcast of Lords of Literary Discussion. This is... Casey Macias. And Jacob Handy, and we'll be addressing the novel Lord of the Flies by... William Golding. This is part three of a four-part series, and we'll be talking about pages 95 to 168 in the book. Let's begin with a new central question. Casey, how does Golding illustrate his message in the book Lord of the Flies? What do you feel Golding is trying to illustrate regarding the conflict you discussed? So far, we have established that Golding is arguing that the world is in a terrible state because of corruption. Golding uses various objects and ideas as symbols in order to convey his argument in the novel. To start things off, what significant symbols appear in this section of Lord of the Flies and why are they important to the overall narrative? Well, the first symbol out of two symbols is the Lord of the Flies. The Lord of the Flies is the head of a pig that Jack and his hunters placed on a stake. It didn't deserve that fate. It is bloody and is swarmed with flies, giving it the name, the Lord of the Flies. That's the title. The Lord of the the Flies is a significant symbol in the novel, and it represents many different things in Lord of the Flies. Here's one of three quotes, which includes the Lord of the Flies. The pile of guts was a black blob of flies that buzzed like a saw. After a while, these flies found Simon. Gorged, they alighted by his ruins of sweat and drink. They tickled under his nostril and played leapfrog on his thighs. They were black and iridescent, green and without number, and in front of Simon. The Lord of the Flies hung on his stick and grinned. At last, Simon gave up and looked back, saw the white teeth and dim eyes, the blood and his gaze was held by the ancient, inescapable recognition. In Simon's right temple, a pulse began to beat on the brain. Golding, 198. Cool. The Lord of the Flies is the pig that Jack and the other hunters killed, and they put it on the head on the stake. They named it this because countless flies swarmed the dead animal. The Lord of the Flies represents savageness and violence within the tribe of survivors. Jack and his hunters have become savages and thrive on killing which causes much disagreement in the tribe. This shows how the Lord of the Flies represents savageness and violence. The second quote out of three quotes is, A little howled, creased, and crimson by the bathing pool, and Piggy stood on the platform with the white conch gripped in his hands. Tonight we're having a feast. We've killed a pig and we've got meat. You can come up and eat with us if you like. Up in the clouds, canyons, the thunder boomed again. Jack and the two anonymous savages with him swayed, looking up and then recovered. Goldie, 202. Jack and his hunters have killed a pig and explained to them that they have meat and whoever wants to feast with them can. This illustrates disagreement and disunion between Jack and Ralph and the boys in the tribe. As Jack explains the meat as being part of his group, the audience is able to realize that Jack is implying him as a leader of his own tribe. This shows the disunion booth within the boys, and it only grows greater later in the novel. How unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Simon, er, the third of the three quotes for the Lord of the Flies is, Simon's head was tilted slightly up, his eyes could not break away, and the Lord of the Flies hung in space before him. What are you doing out here all alone? Aren't you afraid of me? Simon shook. There isn't anyone to help you, only me, and I'm the beast. Simon's mouth labored brought forth audible words. Pig's head on the stick. Fancy thinking the beast was something you could kill and hunt, said the head. For a moment or two, the forest and all the others, and all the other dimly appreciated places echoed with the parody of laughter. You knew, didn't you? 
I'm a part of you. Close, close, close. I'm the reason why it's no go. Why things are the way they are. The laughter shivered again. Goldie, 206. As Simon is having a hallucination, the Lord of the Flies talks to him as if it is alive. The head explains to Simon that the Lord of the Flies is the beast, and the beast is inside Simon and all the rest of the boys. This represents the violence and aggression in many of the boys. The island has caused the hunger for fight and blood to spread among the boys, and it is proved by the Lord of the Flies explaining to them that there is no beast other than them. The second symbol that is used is the splitting of the tribes on the island. Jack has caused much controversy and decided to create a new tribe of his own and was able to attract the majority of the boys. This separation of boys causes much conflict and savageness between both tribes, and it represents multiple things. Here's one of three quotes showing the splitting of the tribes. One eye was a slit in his puffy cheek and a great scab had formed on his right knee. He paused for a moment and peered at the figure on the platform. Piggy, are you the only one left? There's some little ones. They don't count. No biggins? Oh, Sam and Eric. They're collecting wood. Nobody else? Not that I know of. Goldie, 222. As the boys, as the group of boys split into two different tribes, Ralph assesses who has stayed loyal to his leadership. However, he realizes that most of the boys have decided to leave and join Jack's tribe. This represents the disagreement and separation that has occurred between the boys on the island. This splitting of the tribes caught proves by this by causing much conflict later on in the novel. The second quote out of three quotes of the splitting of the tribes is, We shall take fire from the others. Listen, tomorrow we'll hunt and get meat. Tonight I'll go along with two hunters. Who will come? Maurice and Roger put up their hands. Maurice, yes, chief. Where was the fire? Back at the old place by the fire rock. The chief nodded. The rest of you can go to sleep as soon as the sun sets. But us three, Maurice and Roger and me, we've got work to do. We'll leave just before sunset. Maurice put up his hand. Well, what happens if we meet? The chief waved his objection by aside. We'll keep along by the sands. If then, if he comes, we'll do our, our dance again. Well, that's Golden. pretty dishonorable. Very dishonorable. Jack is explaining to his tribe that they need to steal Piggy's glasses from the other tribe as a way to start their own fire at the new tribe. This symbolizes the violence between the different tribes on the island. Jack plans to perform an unethical crime, which proves that the boys on the island are becoming violent and savage. The third quote for the, for the splitting of the tribes is that Jack is, that was Jack and his hunters, said Ralph bitterly. Why can't they leave us alone? We gave them something to think about, said Sam, honestly compelled to him go on. At least you did. I got mixed up with myself in a corner. I gave, what him, I gave one of them what for, said Ralph. I smashed him up all right. He won't want to come and fight us again in a hurry. So did I, said Eric. When I woke up, one was kicking me in the face. I got an awful bloody face, I think, Ralph. But I did him in the end. Goldie, 241. Jack, Maurice, and Roger successfully stole Picky's spectacles from the opposing tribe which portrays the symbol of brutality among the survivors of the island. These three boys terrorize the other camp and beat Ralph and Piggy severely in order to achieve their prize. This demonstrates the brutality before, between these two split tribes, and this is one of the first attacks of the many later in the novel. Cool. Jacob, how does Golding portray the characters in this section of the novel, and how do they represent the claim? 
Well, Casey, Golding uses various methods of characterization to portray all the children on the island, which includes appearance, speech, actions, and how they affect other characters in Lord of the Flies. So our first character is Jack. So we'll start off with his dialogue. Um, the quote is, Conch, Conch, shouted Jack. We don't need the conch anymore. We know who ought to say things. What good did Simon do speaking, or Bill, or Walter? It's time some people knew they've got to keep quiet and leave deciding things to the rest of us. As stated by Casey in the previous episodes, the conch represents order. When Jack is saying that they don't need the conch, he is basically saying that they don't need order on the island. This continues to prove that Jack embodies chaos and disorder. Wow, what a great analysis. Now our next quote is Jack's actions. And it says, I've got the conch, Ralph. You think, Ralph, you've got, I've got the conch. Ralph thinks you're cowards running away from the boar and the beast, and that's not all. While the island has turned Jack into a savage, he also still has some tyranny inside of him. This is because in the previous quote, he was talking about how the island doesn't need the conch, yet when the conch favors him and is lying everyone's full attention on him. He is okay with the conch. This is a typical mindset that many tyrants live in, where they are selfish and only support things when they favor them. Okay, and then our next one is also Jack's actions. This is how he affects Piggy when, when he leaves J Ralph's camp. And it says, Piggy was so full of delight and Expanding liberty in Jack's departure, so full of pride in his contribution to the good of society that he helped to fetch wood. The wood he fetched was close at hand, a fallen tree on the platform that they did not need for the assembly. Yet to the others, the sanctity of the platform had protected even what was useless there. When there is little to no disorder and tyranny in a society, people its people are usually much happier and more productive. The same is true in Lord of the Flies when the children vote Jack off the island. Piggy is always getting suppressed and bullied by Jack. However, now that Jack is gone, Piggy can enjoy life on the island more easily. This proves that Jack is the embodiment of chaos and oppression. Next up, we, we have Simon, and we're dealing with his actions. Simon, wa walking in front of Ralph, felt a flicker of incredulity. A beast with claws that scratched that sat on the mountaintop that left no tracks and yet was not fast enough to catch Sam and Eric. In this situation, Simon serves as the voice of reason and addresses what the reader is probably thinking about the beast, which is that it doesn't exist. He could represent the conflicts that many people have to face when making decisions in their daily lives, which is whether to let reason or emotion influence their choice. At this part of the novel, Simon represents reason, while Jack could represent emotion since he is letting fear and the fear of the other children lead them to hunt the beast. However, Simon thinks about all the details and realizes that they all don't fit together. Next up, we have Sam and Eric's dialogue. It was furry. There was something moving behind its head. Wings. The beast moved too. That was awful. It, it kind of sat up. The fire was bright. We just made it on up. More sticks on. There were eyes, teeth, analysis. Sam and Eric are both part of the big uns group. However, despite their higher level of maturity than that of the little uns, they still see a dead fighter pilot and automatically believe that it is the beast. This could contribute to Golding's potential argument about propaganda and fake news, saying that it affects everybody since it affected the big uns as well as the little uns. And now, our final character for today 
is Ralph. This one depicts his appearance. He would like to have a pair of scissors and cut this hair. He flung the mask back, cut this filthy hair right back to half an inch. He would like to have a bath, a proper wallow with soap. He passed his tongue experimentally over his teeth and decided that a toothbrush would come in handy too. Then there were his nails. At this point of the novel, many of the children on the island don't care about getting rescued anymore. They're focused primarily on killing the fictional beast. However, Ralph remains unchanged. He is still keeping up with his appearance, similar to what how one would groom themselves in everyday life, and is still trying to maintain order on the island. This is a great contrast from the hunters, who go around with long hair, spears, and face painting, which shows how different Ralph's ideology is compared to the ideology of the hunt other hunters. Ralph wants the island to be civilized, while the hunters want to freely kill the beast. Wow, that Jack and the hunters have become savages. Agreed. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thanks for watching and be sure to tune into our series finale, which we'll release next Friday.